let's get this fucking show on. Now the road. that we've finished banging the microphone stands around all over the place. Now what else is new? Well, it's going to happen in the middle of the show too. Yeah, probably. everybody's used to it by now. Oh, good. I mean, I was listening to a podcast where it sounded like someone like had like the little tripod ones, and it just kept knocking every five minutes, just on the ground, on the ground, on the ground. And I was like, wow. They didn't bother to cut it out. No. See, the problem with our mic bumps is that they're attached to the microphone and to the table, uh-huh. and they reverberate. Yeah. So you can't effectively cut out that uh-huh. sound because usually someone's talking over it. But if a microphone falls all the way down, you're not speaking into it, and it's just a loud thud. It's an easy thing to get yeah, rid of. These are people with producers. And they just let it go. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh-huh. I want to be a producer on a podcast like that. That doesn't sound like Do much of a job. absolutely nothing. I think you just have to like... Do what you already do. Cut out the cut out the silences, and uh, scooch it together. Add the sound clips and plug the ads in. Yeah, that's a lot more work than we do. That's a lot more cutting. You know, you always get upset with me because I refuse to introduce the sounds that you want or clip yeah. in other audio. The reason is is that's a lot of work. You just go to the YouTube dot com. You go. I would like this portion of the Alanis Morissette song, and then you just go bloop. And then you record it. Well, you that's have to, easier said than done. Yeah, you doing have to get once, a YouTube yeah. to MP3 converter. You have to then get the MP3 file. You then have to cut up just the part of it that you want. Yeah. You have to fade it in and out. There's a whole nother track on the thing now. Yeah, it's like. And if you do multiple of those in an episode, come on, man, I'm it's not like doing that. Thirty minutes of work that's not for like thirty. Not even 30 seconds of impact. It is for two to three seconds of gain, usually. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just to really make that joke sizzle, you mm. know? No, thanks. If that was my full-time job, I'd be I'd be way more into it. If, if you know, mm. a couple hundred thousand more people would subscribe to our Patreon so that I can just <laughs> be rich, I'll put in Wait. an extra couple hours a week into wow, the show. Wow, just you, huh? Okay. All right. Well, well it's a 70-30 right. arrangement. Excuse me? Yeah. I'm sometimes the producer. <laughs> now you are, yeah. You've produced a lot of episodes lately, but I've halted this because of the inferior quality. Excuse me. I, you didn't show me how, so I don't know. And I wasn't really trying to be, you know, I wasn't trying to be a hero. I know. You know, I'm not going in that burning building. I'm like, a cat's going to die. I thought about creating a new guide for you for the podcast, oh. like the one that I wrote last time, but it takes a lot of time to do that. And the editing arrangement that I use is, to, is uh, significantly more complicated than the previous regime so making the guide itself would be a lot of work i'll tell you what if you can get um if you can get our patreon up to a hundred dollars a month i'll make you a new guide and you can be a producer and the cut will go up to 60 40 i'm begging you all please i'm begging you all please i have children i have children to feed mm-hmm. the children are my plants yeah there's it's actually of- my it's actually my floral addiction i i need to <laughs> i need to have new fresh florals every week it costs money okay do you know what it takes to go to several different floral shops throughout all of northern Brooklyn to find just the right thing that s- suits your fancy because you're a dandy boy who thinks they have money to burn? Well, give me the money to burn. Yeah, Will's uh, life sc- lifestyle creep is pretty dramatic sometimes. It's not that bad. It's okay. I mean, you have it under control, sort of. But then you get onto your spending days Ooh, and then the money train days. never stops. I mean, I've been good about the spending days. I just had one recently where I was like, I want to spend some more money, please. And then, like a junkie, I was talked off the ledge. By whom? It wasn't me. Yeah, you were like, are you feeling a little spending? I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, but then we went out to dinner and spent a lot of money on it. We spent 60 bucks. Yeah. That's a reasonable amount of money to spend on dinner. It is, but after a full day of shopping, anyway, I don't want to get into this with Anywho. you again. Um. Yeah, could you imagine how significantly our lives would increase if we just made $10,000 on the Patreon? If we had an extra five grand each. <sighs> I'm talking a year, too. I'm not even talking a month. I'm not talking getting rich. Oh. I'm just saying, just if you had an extra, extra $5,000 per month, I mean... I was like... <gasps> no, listen, no bullshit. If I made $5,000 a month, I wouldn't have to have a real job. Oh, I would That's keep... more money than I make right now, having to work uh, 160 hours a month. If I could cut that down to a sweet, sweet, like, six hours a month, Aww. you know how glorious that would be? Oh, you only work 160 hours a month. That's cute. That's real cute. 
not, Listen, not, I don't, I don't it's even not my know, hill. It's I don't not my hill to die on. Your to angle like... is here. The fact that you cuck yourself at your job constantly is not my fucking problem. Man. Yeah. And bragging about it as if it's, it's something not... I'm supposed to be ashamed of. It's no, it's weird. not a shame thing. I just go, mm. oh, tired. You don't know tired. Um, except everyone should know tired at this point. Or no one actually. No, you know what? The real ethical thing is no one should know tired. Uh, uh, complete and utter exhaustion is not a little badge to wear. No, it's not. Um, it does get you out of like doing certain things. Like if you're like, mm, I'm working, oh, I could switch it. Eh, I don't feel like it. Sometimes you do that. I don't know. You sound depressed. I am. Yeah. <laughs> this this is the same exact thing that people that drink too much say. What? Like, basically, it gets you out of social arrangements that you don't want to participate in, but it's probably that you don't want to participate in them because you have anxiety and, you know, you're using some other thing as an excuse, as a coping mechanism. Sometimes it's a fun excuse and sometimes it's a not fun excuse, but, you know, you work it out. It's a little bit of of, uh, column A, a little bit of column B. You got to choose from, you know, the menu accordingly, but it's good to have an out every now and then. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. You could just be honest with people. If you don't want to hang out, it's okay to just say, mm-hmm. I don't want to. You don't need a reason. Yeah. Didn't we go through this all at the beginning of COVID, how great it was? That, oh, now everyone doesn't have FOMO. And you can just politely decline social invitations. I don't think you can, though. I think it's still like, I think we're back to like, what do you mean you don't want to do things? It's like, I never want to do things. <laughs> like, well, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. You can absolutely decline, but you... Yes, you're a, you're a human being. You're a social animal. You're not allowed to decline every time. I know. Ugh. No, I felt bad. There was a lot of social things this weekend, and I it was not an excuse. I really was just like trapped in a place, and I was like, I want to do at least one thing. I don't want to do all the things, but I want to do one. I couldn't do any of them. Well, our friend Erica was in town again. Yeah, she'd just come here, but only for the weekend this time. Uh, what I thought was nice is yeah you didn't get to hang out a lot but uh you got to do the take to the airport that's always a nice thing it's a it's a friendly you get gesture. to you get yeah. to have well it's a friendly gesture on your part but you get to have some alone time with the star of the show mm. in intimate setting for like a nice morning you know it's a nice thing to do and for a depressed person like you that doesn't really want to hang out with people <laughs> it's a pretty good arrangement <laughs> it's low stakes there's a time limit to it Oh yeah, and we, then you're off the hook. Just booking it down Atlantic Avenue, just like, all right, let's go. Um, no, I mean, I did look in the mirror uh, a couple of minutes ago. I was like, why do I look so pale? I'm because looking, you never go outside ever. I'm I'm looking exceptionally you pale. Go like from I, this place to a car to an, a worse lit place. Yeah, I'm getting very vampiric, and I'm like, I need to GTL. GTL? I'm not familiar. Do you with not, this. not remember the? mid mid aughts gym tan laundry oh no i never heard that acronym before it's from jersey shore oh you gotta go to the gym gotta tan gotta do your laundry and then you can go out hmm that makes a lot of sense but i'm surprised the jersey shore oh my god i cannot say that combination of words the jersey shore people did do... their own laundry eh, yeah of course why because they have so many particular needs the jeans are so ripped that if you don't wash it on the delicate setting they're going to just become tattered rags. You'll look like a homeless man or a pirate. I mean, the like afflicted t-shirts were probably hand-washed. That's a lot of silkscreen. I guess so. That's a lot of silkscreen. Were those bedazzled? I feel like sometimes they probably they had some like crosses and rhinestones, like yeah. some Swarovski on the back. So that's some hand-wash only. Wow. That's a lot of dedication to look like a dildo. I mean... It's a lot of something, and I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if it's dedication or just like... They're also like the Italian. They're like, why would I pay someone to do my laundry? I can do my laundry. Yeah, I guess so, but they're also like f- aspiring fake rich people. They're real rich people now. I don't. They're not real rich people. Well, they probably spent all their some money. Some of them but went to jail sometimes. There was a period of time where they were probably pretty rich. By Jersey Shore Season 3, they must have been pulling down a well, Reality significant... TV pays $400 a day. Not for a show like that. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, those, yeah. those people that are recurring cast members, they renegotiate their contract after it's successful. Doubtful. They have one season where it doesn't pay a lot, but then after that. Yeah, I don't know about that, but okay. They for sure do. I doubt it. This was a thing with the jackass people. 
There was a lot of the jackass people were really broke Mm -hmm. after season one because they filmed the whole season not knowing whether the show would be successful or not. And it was a wild smash hit. So for like a year and a half, they were all broke going like, you know, where's my parade? Mm -hmm. This show is a huge giant hit. We're doing all this press and stuff for MTV. And yet Steve-O is like literally has no money at all. Oh, because he went from having no money to getting paid like maybe ten grand for the whole thing and spending, you know, how long All does that it, last? Yeah. And but but you know, by the time the last season's on the air and they're getting ready to gear up for a movie, they have new contracts. Oh, that's hmm. definitely true of Jer- Jersey Shore. Also, I mean, the outfits didn't change, so I don't know what to tell you. I yeah, I don't think they ever would. They got like nicer sweaters. They're you know, black v v neck uh, sweaters for clubbing, which. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, to me. clubbing in a sweater, weird. <coughs> well, it's deep. It's got like a deep V, so you can get the little like man titty cleavage going on. It's like, yeah, I pumped today. Yeah, I know, but a sweater. I don't know. In a sweaty club environment, you're I dancing. It's hot in there. I don't go to the club. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't go to the club either. You, I'm not a club fanatic. I'm not a club kid. I'm not a party monster. I mean, you do like one of the things of party monsters. Yeah, well. <sighs> fresh air. What fresh what fresh air blowing through the I windows. do. I I do. I love that alpine air. <laughs> I like it nice and white. Okay. Anyway. The hills are alive with lines of cocaine. Oh. I feel like I'm overselling that. I don't do that that much. Everyone should know that. I think a once, twice a year, a once, a twice. Yeah, yeah. It's a as a treat. <laughs> oh boy, as a treat. <laughs> oh, that's bleak. Okay. Mm. Anyway, I don't know a lot about the Jersey Shore people, but uh, I do see. I think Paulie D on billboards in Las Vegas all the time because he's a DJ at one of the nightclubs. He's the guy with the like skin fade, short hair. Yeah, sure. I, aren't they all? They all kind of have that. One of them's got that like almost like Caesar cut. You know the like. Yeah, it's that guy. Yeah, yeah. He seems like a normal, who's like, I want to work for my money and I want to make a lot of it. Well, I think he was. A baseline level of intelligent where he realized, hey, this show's not going to last forever. I need to parlay this into something else. Yeah. I enjoy the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to live in the club. King I, of the club. I, <laughs> oof. Imagine if... Uh, uh, what's his name? What's the one... I want to make a, a King of Queens joke, but I'm having, I'm having a hard time because I can't remember James... Paul Blart Mall Cops. Yeah, name. what is his name? I'm blanking on it too. His name is Kevin James. Oh, I name. had the flip. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Imagine if Kevin James was a DJ. DJ and, Kevin James is a really good DJ name, by the way. Somebody should take that. I mean, but we've discussed in the past. I don't like DJing. I know, but I don't like picking. But if you had, if you had people. the cans on and you had like a like a mask, like the way that like what's his Dead Mao. The, yeah, like Dead Mouse or like Daft Punk. Yeah, but I was DJ Kevin James. Yeah, and what plainest kind of... name, but with like a anonymous mask. Oh, like a Guy Fox mask? Maybe not that. <laughs> I feel like that might make the club kids get a little scared, especially if they're rolling. I had a weird dream the other night. Okay, about masks. Okay, and I can't remember what the situation was, but I was like. I don't, maybe it was like a bank robbery dream or fantasy or something like this. But for whatever reason, I was robbing the bank. I don't remember, but I was in a group of people and we were controlling a situation. This is I'm, this is just I'm just remembering this dream now. We were controlling a situation. I don't uh-huh. know what the nature uh-huh. of that was, but everybody had masks on of current billionaires. Like, you know how Richard Nixon okay. masks and like Clinton masks and stuff were a thing in it, movies. It yes. was like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, you know. Did I have the Bezos and like mascot? Bill Gates? I don't. You weren't in it. Thank God. I don't okay. know who I was with. This is your secret gang that you roll around Brooklyn with. I guess I don't know stickups. But now that I'm remembering it, like, why don't people do that? They should make rubber Halloween masks of our our overlords. I don't. Mm, I mean, if you just take a like Michael Myers mask, it's pretty much an Elon Musk mask. If you just give it some like 
bronzer. That's true. You know why people don't do it is because these people are reptiles wearing masks already, and they look like it. Okay. That's Elon Musk's skin looks like it's falling off of him. I think he gets a lot of Botox to make it not that way. He's got some fillers. Yeah. There's sure. some there's some things going on there that are unnatural. And you've seen the bald pictures of him from the PayPal days. What? I mean, he had no hair in 1999, and now he has a full head. Yeah. So there's something going on there, too. I mean... This epi- episode brought to you by Keeps. If only. <laughs> I would love to not only be, you know, a paid advertiser, but also a member, you know? Hair Club for Men style. Um, apparently it works. Yeah. I think I'm too far gone, but I think it works on people. Anywho. Use promo code Green and Lewis at checkout. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's too long. It would just be promo code green with an E. That's G-R-E-E-N-E. That's green. G-R-E-E-N-E at checkout. For your for fifteen percent off your first bottle. Now back to the show. God I wish. Anywho. It would uh, be so fun to read ads. I would read ads for the whole I, show. I would love to punch them up too. Oh, oh, it's so fun. Well, you know, other podcasts do this. I like it when podcasts don't have an abrupt cut and then the host is like, hey, I'm here. And they read an ad and then it cuts back to the show. I like it when they do it in the show and you can really stretch that out. If you get three or four it's ads a bit, then. in an hour episode, you can make the whole show ads, which I would love doing. By the way, if this, you know, encourages our listeners to support the Patreon or support this podcast so we can get more people on board. We might just start reading ads. We should just start reading ads. We should just see. start reading ads just to annoy people into paying us. I actually yes, we should. We should just read ads on the free episode and not on the after show. So you know if we switched our provider, we would get ads because we have more than 60 listeners. That's not how that works. Anchor. What? They automatically put in ads for that? And then if there's any Oh, know. see that's bull that's a bullshit. You get like 50 cents. It's right. not about getting paid or not. I think it's bullshit that they automatically insert them. That you have no No, no, no. I think it. you can read them. Oh, you can. Yeah. Interesting. Well, maybe I should just, you know, I get emails about putting ads on the podcast all the time. Not all the time. But a few times a year. But I I never do it cuz I'm I suspect that it's a scam. This is like Audible's or not Audible? Spotify. Spotify? Audible? The thing is, I don't know the internet. He, here's the little research that I've done on this. Okay. When you want to read ads on your podcast, you don't need to go through a middleman like Anchor okay. or like a podcast network platform. A lot of people do do that, but those people take a cut. If you don't want to do that, you can just reach out to advertisers to the, the correct department, hmm. their marketing department or whatever, and say, "Hey, listen, I want to read ads," and they'll usually say yes, but. There's no way to reliably track your listener numbers. Like, right. even the hosting services for podcasts just do their best to estimate that. Because, for example, like, people can hide their IP addresses. If for some, I don't know why you'd be listening to a podcast on a computer as opposed to a phone. Some people do it at their desks. But, it, yeah, but if you're on, um, on a VPN or in some way it disguises your location, you can't really be tracked. It might count as a listen, but they can't tell from where and blah, blah, blah. And the advertisers want all of that information so from if, you. Yeah. So you self-report it to them. So ostensibly, I could reach out to Keeps and just lie. Just be like, hey, I get 3,000 listeners, and they're just going to want a screenshot of, the of thing, your hosting yeah. thing and just fucking Photoshop it. Yeah. You so, know, And they pay you by listener. So what if we right. lied and we're like, hey, we have 100,000 listeners? Uh, they pr- they figured, figure it out. Uh, we don't show charts. up on any yeah. top 10 mm-hmm. lists yeah. or whatever. I mean, you know, and listener, if you want to listen from anywhere in the world via VPN, use NordVPN, promo code Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. At checkout. Is there a checkout? I don't know. When you subscribe to whatever the fuck, I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'd be, we'd be too bad at this, I think. I think part actually. of the part of t- reading it terribly is part of the charm. As long as you repeat the promo code three times, no one gives a flying fuck. Yeah, and you have to read it at the correct timestamp in the episode. That's very important because they pay for that. Oh. It's more expensive to get a mid-episode ad than it is to get a beginning ad or an end ad. Which is why a lot of podcasts do, because people know to skip them if they're at the beginning. I skip every ad. And people don't listen to them at the end. But so do I. But a lot of the time, you kind of can't. Like, for example, if you're washing the dishes and the ad comes on, you're like, oh, fuck. Right. I guess I'm listening to the ad. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so, so, I mean, 
Mm, I was going to say usually like, no, even like if I'm like having tub time, I usually have the phone in my hands and I'm like, nope, skip this. Well, that's a different situation because it's controlled. Yeah. You're in the bathroom. I mean, you probably have a towel in close proximity. You can even just wipe your hands off and change the ad. No, you just keep your wrists above water and you're just smoking in one hand. One's a coffee mug and then, you know. You're smoking? Smoking what? Your CBD? No. Oh. Got the jewel. Once again, holding out on me with the CBD and I might taking to... it all for yourself in the bathtub. No, like, I don't. Like so many other things, like all the food. What food? What are we talking about? <laughs> I have less food in the, this house than you do currently. I haven't gone. I haven't done a good grocery run in a very long time. It's killing me. Except I did, you know, when I have to figure out what to scrounge up for dinner, I'm like, well, I have to go get wine. I'm going to the tortilla factory. Fuck yeah. And it was subpar for the yeah. first time ever. I'm not surprised. It's kind of it's kind of sad. A little. Anyway, hmm. now that we've digressed from a meta conversation you about to me things about, yeah. we wish we could do, oh, we're back okay. to our old old uh, horse. You know, which is what Will ate today. I know. Well, Welcome I back. To share. <laughs> I tacos and a salad. Moving on. Next topic. Anywho, um, no, I mean it is kind of. I mean, I don't know. But I also don't want to only talk about advertising. That's true. You don't want to do that either. We're talking about really the like method of advertising. But, you know. Um, did that thing happen today? The um, the jury verdict or the... the... Oh, you want to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. Now. I don't know. I, kept he- I love the way your brain I works. Kept hearing, I... I kept hearing about like, it's happening today. It's happening. And I'm like, did it happen? I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they reached a verdict or not. Uh, but that was what was happening jury deliberation. Listen, today. I'm just sitting in, you know, the Las Vegas of Queens. You know, time is passing by, and I don't know what's going on in the world. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's why I, I expect that you have read the news and have, you know, had some time. Yeah, I usually have. I have to tell you what. Maybe we can have a different conversation about the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, because I genuinely I do not want to get into it with people about this one. It seems like a shit show, and that's all I know. Uh, the judge seems a little loop-de-doop. Well, I don't want to talk about it because it's just, you know, another in a long line of culture war things that are not relevant to your life. Who, who fucking cares? Whatever. The the spectacle of the trial is not interesting to me at all. No. This is just a thing for people that are, like, into the British royal family and, like, that missing girl, Gabby Pepito. It's like a thing for normies, salacious activities Pepito or things you put on salads i think it was petito okay uh, gabby shishito pepper it sounds delicious hmm okay <laughs> but anyway so i don't care about the spectacle of the trial i haven't really been following it on a microscopic level you know the day-to-day movements of it i know at what stage of the process they're in but i haven't seen a single video of the courtroom i hmm. saw memes getting passed around of the prosecuting attorney pointing a gun at the jury which were very funny out of context. Oh, boy. By the way, my man has never held a gun in his life. You can just tell. Lawyers usually don't. Um, but so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not that interesting to me, the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. I I don't care. I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. I think there would have there was a time when I would have known more about it. Sorry, I was distracted by the yeah, beautiful arranging sign, uh, sounds. Um yeah, I don't I, I don't know. It just seems like for a certain segment of internet there's like spectacle building and I'm like I don't know. Oh, man. well, you know, another meme that came out was was Kyle himself crying on the stand. You know, I'm I'm getting it through osmosis through yeah, things I like mean, this. Here's the thing. Got to got to say this. Got to say this. I mean, white men crying in a jury box or a what's it, what are they called? Court boxes? Yeah, the witness w- stand. witness stand. Not a good look. Never a good look. You don't come across as, you know, more endearing to the jury. You just look pathetic. Yeah. So, like, mm, I don't know. Plus, he looks like, I don't know. Looks bad. It's a bad look. Like, I have no sympathy for, you know, a white guy in a suit crying. Just as a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I. It's a little... I think it's a little bit different in this case because he's basically a child. I mean, he was 17 when this thing happened, so he's only 18 now. Like, he's scared as fuck, you know? Were we scared when we were like, gotta go shoot, shoot some peoples? I, I mean, this is, what I, this is why I don't want to get mm. into it. I really, really don't want to hear about it from other people. I just do oh, not. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, but 
you know, it's a kid. I, I, I I'm, I'm, okay. I'm tentatively agreeing with you that it, it's, you know, it's not the most sympathetic thing in the world. But it, it's it's always the problem I have is always this thing of like oh, I don't like a white man and it's like, just think about who the person is. It doesn't really matter like what identity they are. Mm. If you'd be more sympathetic to another identity crying, I think that's kind of fucked up. Who cares? I'm not. You know, actually, all sorts of people do bad things and get themselves into compromising situations. Like actually, I take this back. I, I'm not sympathetic to anyone who cries in the in the box because it's always performative. This is also me. I've watched a lot of Law and Order in my day, and the person crying is usually like clearly guilty and trying to cover it up, or like is overperforming the like I lost my dad and I'll never come You know, like it's it's a lot of that. Like it's very Maury. Court is just Maury. Part of the problem with that is the Law and Order watching. Yeah, you're accepting a television meme. As something close to reality, which it is not. I mean... Like, I, I've been in the box before. It was what? it was never for, like, a murder, obviously. Yeah, who... But I, I committed a crime that I didn't know until I showed up in court was one step short of a felony. What'd you do, steal? N- no, I got a, a ticket for, as far as I was concerned, skateboarding. Okay. But the ticket was actually for criminal trespassing. Oh. Which is the same thing as breaking and entering, oh. but one level down. That Breaking cop, and entering is really a felony like criminal. Yeah, I know. Criminal oh. trespassing is just short of that. Hmm. So I showed up at court thinking I'm about to get a ticket of some kind or a fine or whatever. And they called me to the stand. And you're like, uh, excuse me? And asked me if I had a lawyer. And I said, no. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you don't have a lawyer. Okay. Uh, how do you want to plead? And you can plead guilty, not guilty, or no contest. And I pled no contest, not really understanding what it meant. It means guilty. No, what it means is you think that they don't have a case here, that basically it should be dismissed. Mm. You're not, I'm not pleading guilty or innocent. I think this is bullshit is what what you're saying, which is not going to endear to the judge, which is what I did not realize. Oh, because what you're saying is I'm on some level, like this is a mockery. You should dismiss this. And I, and I mean, I was clearly guilty of the charge. In the strictest sense, there was no way around it, and that's what the judge thought. Um, but I'm only saying all this to try to get you in that mindset. Like, obviously, in Kyle Rittenhouse's case, it's different. He was arrested and arraigned, and probably spent time in jail, and you know had to get a lawyer, and has gone through all this stuff. But in many ways, that compounds this issue and makes it even worse. You're scared. You don't really understand the stakes until you do. Yeah. You don't know the ins and outs of law and optics well enough to either get yourself out of this or even get yourself into an admirable position like no matter what crime you've committed you're always going to be in this position as a lay person you're fucked and it's and it's scary i don't think that's like hard to relate to at all Hmm. i think only people that have never committed crime would look at that and be dismissive of it i mean hmm. i don't know Doing a crime of going on a, a closed lot and skateboard, skateboarding is a little different. You know? I, I, obviously, it's different. Yeah, no. What I was saying with that illustration was that the stakes there were pretty low, and it was still scary and could have cost me a lot. I mean, the judge basically th- threw the book at me, but at the same time gave me a warning because I was clearly an idiot that didn't know what the stakes were. Here. Yeah. The only reason that I that I was let off with a slap on the wrist... And didn't get, like, a five-figure fine and time in jail was this... The judge was like, you're an idiot. You oh. came here with no lawyer, like, not knowing what this was? Like, what is... You're so stupid, you should just go to timeout for a second. Oh. And and the fact that I'm, you know, was white and this happened in an affluent suburb. Not the one that I lived in, but in a neighboring one. Yeah. Like, you're just stupid, kid. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. So obviously it's different, but it doesn't make it any less scary. Hmm. I mean, in relative terms. I mean, here's the thing. Well, that that says more about um, Northeast Ohio's ticketing laws than anything else. Well, what it says is that you're just at the dis- on a number of levels in the criminal justice system, especially like in Rittenhouse's case. You're also adding in the court of public opinion. 
which makes it a whole order of magnitude even crazier. But anytime you interact with the criminal justice system, you're at the arbitrary whim of a number of different agents. Like, think about it from my example. The cop, I'd gotten other tickets for skateboarding before. A cop had never written me a criminal trespassing ticket. But they're totally within their rights to do that if they want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... Mm-hmm. They could just write you a loitering ticket. They could do whatever they want. It's at their discretion. That's, so that's the fucked up. If he he could have written me a breaking and entering ticket. Oh, if he right. wanted to, if he really wanted to fuck me, he could have made me a felon. And there's cops out there that would do that. Yeah. So at the very first stage of in, of interacting with this system, you're already at the arbitrary whim of somebody, and it can go any number of ways from there. And then you have to add a lawyer to that. Then you have to add a judge to that. Then you have to add your own family to that. You know, whatever it is, money. Yeah. It's a it's a bad scene. It's it's a scary thing to have to do. <sighs> yeah, I mean, hmm. and then yeah. you have a media that's against you. Hmm. You know, that's never going to take your side seriously, no matter what happens in in the case of this guy. So, and then that genuinely means that fifty percent of the country automatically feels that way because they're stupid too. Well, so. All right. Well, you kind of got into it for not getting into it, so there you go. I tried to go around it as much as possible mm-hmm. without yeah. stating one way or another what I actually think he did. Well, I don't know. Anywho, what what else happened in, in Newsies today? That's a little lighter. I don't really know. Yeah, I've been in a truly in a black box of I don't know what goes on in the world. Um, I, I was asked uh, the other day, like, "Oh, what's up in Chelsea?" And I was like, "I have." no idea oh be, that's because the same person asked me and i said i genuinely have no idea of will might know. oh fuck i didn't know and then you blew it huh i don't know <laughs> i don't know i was just like uh i because like you know the schedule is so wonky that like we're kind of at this like installation phase where certain things early in the season were closed if you go a little earlier and now there's like phase two and certain ones so like nothing is all open at the same time so i'm like i couldn't tell you i've missed a lot of boats here yeah it's increasingly like that in the art world too i think uh mid and post covid schedules just got really arbitrary and kind of mixed up the, the fall and the spring season sort of exist but like nothing is synced up anymore openings all happen at different times and stuff shows are up and down at different rates it's hard to track it I think because it was like, is Basel, is Miami on or not? Like, is FIAC on or not? You know, is 80, like, are these things actually like happening? And then it was like, oh, it is. Okay. So like everyone's schedule was like, well, we're operating on the big shows. We're not going to be a thing. And then they were, and it was just like scramble. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I also don't know about what's going on in the art world because I don't look. Okay, well... I mean, do you? That's why I thought you might know. It seems like you do. I know, sometimes. Like, when people, like, post things, it's like, I'm I'm here. I'm like, oh, that that's happening. But, like, depending... Like, I don't know. I only keep an eye out on certain places. Yeah. Of, like, oh, new pencil show. And I'm like, oh, what's it going to be? Jorge Pardo. Ooh, never mind. So then I'm just like, I don't have to go over there. But, like... I forgot that I was like, oh, I should have just been like, go to Matthew Marks, take a gander at some drawings of some skeletons. Oh, yeah, that would have been an okay suggestion. But I think she knew that already, though. Yeah. That's so, what I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, like, anyway. I don't fucking know. Um, um, you know, I did read a negative review of the Jasper John show today. The one in Freeze? No, was, it, was there a negative one in Freeze also? This one was in the art newspaper. Oh, who cares? Which, yeah. They're British. They don't get it. Oh, they're British. Yeah. That, this guy was from Vermont, and he made a point of saying that over and over again. But that's, that's a British better. publication. I think so. It's got that like little like lions up at the top. <laughs> that doesn't automatically make it British. It should. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. I am not an expert. But yeah, anyway, this review was uh, shockingly dismissive. I, I actually kind of enjoyed it for just being a counter take. And I think that's what this person was after, was just, everybody's going to write a good review of this. I have to write a bad review so I stand out. There's a lot of, like, there's a, uh, there's a lot of, like, critique of the institutions, in, or at least in the Freeze one. It was like, these institutions are kind of doing this to kind of, like, you know, mask some of the fuckery of their 
past behaviors. Of what like, does Jasper Johns have to do with any of that? Nothing. Yeah. So fuck. I don't know. Like, yeah, that's all right. They're like, this was organized over the course of a pandemic. It's like, do you know? You know how museum schedules are are set. Right. right that's right? also not true that because it was organized out. well, well, well before the pandemic. The catalog wasn't even done because I don't think there's a picture of. What's it called? Scoop? Slice? Slice, yeah. I'm going to call it Scoop. I, th- I don't think there's any Slice pictures in that book. Maybe one that they, like, shoved in. Oh, well, that means that the catalog was done b- before the, the painting yeah. was made. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, because this show was supposed to happen in 2020, so. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, no. Anyway, that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I don't know. People are entitled to their opinions or whatever, but this guy's take, his name was Brian Allen, I want to say. Ooh, never if anybody trust wants a man to look with, this never article trust up, trust a man with two first names. Mm, yeah, good. That's a good heuristic. Um, I don't know. His take was basically like, yeah, Jasper Johns was pretty good up until the early '60s, and then he fell off. It was like a very conventional take that I was like, what year is it? Is it 1990? Yeah, that's very 1995. And he was like, all of his late work is boring and the same. And I was like, huh, that's like just hmm. not true. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what to was say. Was it a about review that. of both? Yeah, and he was saying that the show should have been like just at one place and fifty percent smaller. That's incredibly stupid. And I was like, oh, okay. this is all the wrong take. Eh, you know, I mean, it, it would be, be wrong, if fine. if he was a writer with a lot of flourish that had like legitimate critical justification for it. I would be actually really interested in hearing a take like that. But it wasn't. It was just more of a like, I have a chip on my shoulder. Did Shelley write one or no? Not that I know of, but I'm not sure. That's what I'm waiting for. Let the old man let the old men duke it out. Um, Jerry Saltz went on a screed on Twitter about how they need to put benches back into art galleries. Can we? He's old can we take a moment? Can we just take a moment? Okay, so here's the thing. So, by the way, real quick, Twitter has started sending me emails. They always send, and emails. that's how I know that. But they're sending me emails of like highlights of people, and I'm like, I don't even follow Jerry Saltz. Like, how do you know? You might. I would be interested in this. You don't? I don't think so. No. I do just out of. Just morbid curiosity of what is this dumbass spouting now, and I mean, well, because you might have like follow a hashtag of art or something. Maybe, yeah. And there you go. Um, I okay, so benches have been a thing coming, like have been a recurring theme in the past week. So, like the drawing center is showing um, the collection of Jack, Jack Shear three different ways. So like he installed one version and then Arlene check it is installing the current or installed the current version. And then, uh, Jared something, the guy who did, uh, young and evil is doing round three. They're actually taking the show down and reinstalling it three consecutive it. Yeah. times. That's actually kind of cool. cool. That's interesting. But Arlene check thing was she like carved these benches out of trees or something and had to bring in benches. And then everything got hung lower to be looked at from sitting. Uh-huh. And I mean, I... I don't I don't object to that on the face of it. If it's like, you know, the cynical take is that the artist is just taking someone else's show and making it about themselves rather than curating Yeah, it. but if you're just making, plopping a bit. But if that's I mean, sort of, you know part of your modus operandi that's fine you know and if, you're, like and if your thing. thing is i'm organizing this around more careful looking or whatever so i made these custom benches and we're gonna situate the show appropriately for that that's different than what your yeah. results is saying yeah he's just curmudgeonly complaining about not being able to sit down also doesn't every gallery have a fucking herman miller bench no they don't do that anymore he is right about that galleries don't do that at all kyle reed always had a herman only miller. if there's videos they don't do it anymore they don't have that if there's paintings in there no way oh not paintings no you're right the hole has a bench. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, do with that what you will. Um, but they have a giant, like, tufted leather, like... That's uh, fine. But I'm not even sure that they would have it all the time. I think you would have uh, to broadly agree. If you have eyes, you would agree that most galleries right. wouldn't do that anymore. I mean, they're not museums. They don't have to have seating. The whole idea is you want to see the show? Go see the show and get out. You're not here to buy things so you can leave. Yeah, it is quite literally a showroom. It's a showroom. A car dealership doesn't necessarily have a bench for you to like admire an Audi. No, you have chairs in the offices when yeah. you're doing financing. Right. 
By the way, Jerry Saltz, you're Jerry Saltz. If you wanted to go into the office and like sit down and see a painting that the public can't even see, you they, can. would, they would let you do that. Or if you called them up and were like, hey, I was really interested in viewing this one painting in the show for longer. Can you put it in a viewing room over the weekend? They would do it for you. I don't think he would ever ask for a viewing room, but he'd be like, do you have a chair? Every gallery has chairs. Right. They would even bring it to somebody. They would like just bring him like, yeah. a folding chair and be like, here you go. Take a look. Like, Or they have those stupid stools, like the little foldy ones. Yeah. The bigger problem I had with his little screed was that he was like, I'm compiling a list and I'm going to write a call out article next year if you guys don't uh, subscribe to my bench demands. And I was like, this is such a weird hill to die on. So strange. And also, do you think that Gagosian Gallery gives a single solid fuck? They might actually have benches. Do you spend any money there, Jerry? No. I'm talking to him directly now. Jerry Saltz, when's the last time you actually spent money in an art gallery? Never. Guess what? Never. Your cultural cachet is zero. You're a Twitter celebrity. You're not even an art critic. He's blown all his money at fucking 7-Eleven. Yeah, they, you think t- they I have... complain about millennials buying too many $5 coffees and avocado toast. What about Jerry Saltz, huh? He hoards them in his fridge like a maniac. Like Jeffrey Dahmer of iced coffee. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there, mm, there is a could... Mm, how do I phrase this? There could be a conversation about... Um, you know, accessibility there, which he's not having. He's just, he tried, I'm old. He did try, he did to, try to loop it on there. He did try to frame no. it that way, but it's clearly that's just an ad hoc adjustment so that he can so justify it. So it seems it. like it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the people who listen to him as if he's worth anything will be like, won't come after him. Right. Exactly. Right. Jerry, what about us? And he's like, what do you have? I have fibromyalgia. How does that work? You just walk around and then you sometimes get tired. Me too. Yeah, the the fake disease for women. And men. Really? Men claim to have it too? Yeah. Well, anyway. Everybody can have it. That's the thing. No one knows what it does. No one knows where it comes from, so you can have it at any time. Oh, okay, yeah. I call it being sleepy and needing nappy time. Yeah, you got to turn it off and turn it back on. Yeah, it's great. That's fine. They should have nap areas at Kagosian Gallery. Excuse me, do you have a sea bin with a packing blanket in it? I'm exhausted from looking at this Jonas Wood. I mean, honestly, if, if someone wheeled one out for me, I'd be like, I'll jump in that. <laughs> I need six blankets on the bottom and I'll hop in. Ship me to France. Yeah. I mean, I think what Jerry Saltz is trying to gesture towards in this just weird, perverse way that he does is more careful looking. He's like, why can't we look carefully anymore? We can't. This is the subtext. On one level. Careful looking means being on your feet and being able to walk closer to a thing instead of being And move around it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, spending a long time with something is great, but that doesn't, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. The only, when's the last time you sat in front of a thing? At museums, I do it every once in a while. I couldn't tell you the last time, but it's rare. The only, the last time I sat in front of a, a thing was at LA Mocha in the Rothko room. There was a beautiful, lovely little Herman Miller slap bench, and I had been up since four in the morning, so I was like feeling real tired, and it was dimly lit room, and I was like, I'm just going to park it. I'm just going to park right here. And that was the last time, because I was like, I'm not really here to look. I'm really here to sit. Oh, I can have a sit. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, in museums, that's what most of the benches get occupied with, is people that are bored and on their phones. Right. It's incredibly rare that that's not what happens. And at an art gallery, the same exact thing would happen. Oh, yeah. People would be like, I brought my coffee in. Can I sit down? It's also like no gallerina wants to get up and sanitize it after some geriatric person has plopped their ass down. Yeah. It's not like they would anyway. But mm. um, I can actually remember now, one of the last times I went to the Met, I sat down in front of uh, Autumn Rhythm. Or do they have number one? Number they have number one. one. MoMA has Autumn Rhythm. Um, I sat yeah. down in front of number one, 1950, and just looked at it for a really, really long time. They had a bench in that room? Yeah, sometimes... Is it still an epic abstraction, which will never come down until the end of time? I, when I saw it, I think it was. It was either there or in the room right in front of that. There's no bench there. Well, then it was... Uh, maybe it wasn't that recently then. There was a huh. time when there was a bench in front of the Pollock. It's been, it's often, uh, it's okay. often the case yeah. that there is. Um, and I sat there and I looked at it because... Oh, no, they do have a little bench. You're right. Yeah. The distance is good 
and the height is good for just zoning out on a Pollock, which is exactly what you're supposed it's to It's close, do. but not too close. It's far, but not too far. You get the scope of the thing, but it's all-encompassing, and yet you can still make out individual discrete moments if you yeah. so choose. I, I think, like, bench placement is a very... It's a difficult thing in terms of getting the right amount of space from the thing to get, like, a really good, fully enveloped moment with it. Yeah. Because, like, a Rothko can pulse from, like, 30 feet away. You don't want to be right up on it because it's kind of too overwhelming. Like, the way that there's a bench in front of your Heroicus is, like, a little too close and stupid. Yeah, that You're... painting's so lateral that it doesn't really make sense to interact with it from a fixed point. That's true of a lot of modern painting, anyway. Uh, I would just say 10 feet back, I'd be like, this is great. Perfect. Love it. It's, like, only 20 feet away. Very picky. Picky about chairs. I don't know if anyone knows this. Wait, it's 20 feet away from the painting? Uh, That's impossible. It's not. What's the size of this room? From this wall to this wall. This room's probably 10 by 11 or something like that. Okay, so it's maybe 10 feet away. Yeah. Too short. Add another 10. Give me 20. Or 15. That's really far 15. away, man. I, I Very like... few rooms are 20 feet wide, even at museums. Yeah, LA is big. It's all lateral. It's brawl. I guess, but then people are going to walk in front of you. There's all sorts of problems with this. I know. But, you know, if you're scrolling on the phone. I mean, I think the idea of, like, sitting down and contemplating art for a long time is a product of, like, salons in the 19th century. When you're looking at, like, a narrative painting where basically you're just sussing out, like, story details of figures and buildings and landscapes it makes a lot of sense to sit down for a while in a fixed position and investigate the scene it doesn't make a lot of sense to do that with abstract painting especially at a large scale they're physical things that you're supposed to move around i think all of the artists would intend you to do that what if there was like a single armchair with like a, a drink stand and you could re reserve it and someone would bring you a cocktail and you could sit in the armchair and look at a big painting like that it's not a movie theater. You're not in an Alamo draft house here. But do you also want a server to like bring you a drink? Come over with a cocktail and a cigar. Oh my god. Rent MoMA. You get to sit in front of Demoiselle, and someone just comes over and is like, "Your cocktail, your chair." I go, "Thank you so much." It's like going back in a time machine. You know. I would be very curious if that situation actually existed, how long you would end up sitting in the chair. About I'd, 10 minutes. I don't even think it would be 10 minutes, man. Hmm. Not Especially not with you. Your attention span for art is oh. so aggressively short. When you say 10 minutes, that really means one minute. Three. I don't think so. I don't think you've ever looked at a painting for three minutes. Yeah. I've never been with you where you've looked at a painting for three minutes. That's a really long time. Hmm. If, I'm not going to make you do it because we're recording a podcast, but if you tried to sit here, think about how hard it was for you to sit in silence for one minute while I spoke as a little experiment. Now multiply that by three and imagine being in silence just looking at a thing. Yeah. But and I'm not saying I do that all the time either. I just, I'm gesturing to the idea that people vastly overestimate what they think they're doing when they're right, looking at art. I mean, looking at a painting for one minute is a really long time. I think like if you know that you're not going to see it for a while, you'll spend a little more time with it. That's absolutely true. Like the like the things in in the JJ show. Like if you're like, ooh, I'm never gonna see this motherfucker again. I'm gonna spend, I'm gonna fixate for a moment, but I'm also gonna blow by about thirty other things. Yeah, because I don't have time for that. Uh, we mentioned it briefly on the last episode, but you and I both listened to a podcast with David Sally, and I think he mentions in that podcast um, that he is incredibly dismissive of most art regardless of its caliber or reputation or quality but if something absorbs him he'll spend a lot of time with it and i think that's true of most artists so picture yourself walking through a museum you can be in a room full of some of the greatest art in the world and you're going to blow by all of it and fixate on one thing yeah and then move on to the next room oh i 100 i think that's that. how everybody works i mean i i'm not trying to like granted i've never seen anyone like really like study a thing unless they're very old and they have to like you know the hunchback they have to move slowly and skitter across but like i don't know i'm when your eyes are trained enough you know when to zoom in and when you're gonna do the steps closer and like kind of hover and do that get the squinty eyes and like really kind of pick out what's going on but like then you can assess it and then just kind of keep trucking i don't know 
You're right. Three minutes would be like fucking excruciating. That's an incredibly long time, yeah. Oh, especially if it's bad. Yeah. Damn. I, I Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I mean, you don't even go into galleries sometimes. Window shopping. Yeah. Love it. That's your favorite art activity. Do you understand how much... I have to go up six stairs to look at a thing that was terribly made in Los Angeles? God forbid we burn off one twentieth of a taco. The body is like a battery. We're already walking around for all these big long blocks, back and forth, ziggy zaggy. I'm not trying to add steps. <laughs> Fucking kidding me? Well, maybe if I have a croissant. <laughs> is this part of your armchair fantasy? Is this another thing they could potentially bring you yeah, to keep I mean, you there if, for long? I, yeah. You know, we should start a reality show where the challenge is you have a lazy boy and you have art. And one painting that you don't like. Ooh, nap. And the longer... You can't nap. You, that's forbidden. <laughs> you have to sit in the chair, and the longer you sit in the chair, the more treats that you get. Ooh. This is great for me. Like, how long could you sit in front of a John Curran painting? And that's all you're allowed to look at. 13 that's, seconds. That's the only thing in your field of vision. But if you hang on for one full minute, somebody brings you a croissant. Is there chocolate in it? Or well, is it plain? You're going to get the plain croissant, but if you hold on for another one minute, they bring a little chocolate and drizzle it on there. So not, That's disgusting and messy. I don't want that. Not only do you have to keep viewing the John Curran painting, <sighs> you also have to not eat the food for one minute. You can't start the croissant. I can't break my gaze nope. with the object. Uh, oh, I mean, I can eat. You know, you would have to. I can eat and you know hold my an know. unbroken gaze for five minutes minus blinking would get you a drink. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. And then after fifteen minutes, you might get a cigar, but you can't light the cigar for another fifteen minutes. So now you're up to thirty. Okay, I'm not sitting in front of a John Curran for that goddamn long. <laughs> I have things to do, people to see. I know. No. I like this as a form of torture. If I ever took you to Guantanamo Bay. I would in front of I would strap you to a chair like, oh. and just flash images of paintings you didn't like in front of your face. I would tell you whatever you wanted to know. And then I would turn them off and show you a series of lights and say, how many lights are there? What? And you'd say there's four lights, and I would say wrong. You're not familiar with this idea? No. It's actually, I'm stealing it from an episode of Star Trek. Okay. Really good episode of Star Trek. But it's a torture technique where, you know... You deprive someone of something, and then you show them, for example, the series of four lights. And there's only four lights, and you say, how many lights are there? And every time they answer four, you tell them that they're wrong, and they and you punish them until they finally cave and say that there's three or that there's five. Why would they do that, though? To That's stop, obje- it's objectively not true. To stop the pain. <sighs> what you're trying to do is break their spirit. The objectivity is not what's important. They need to follow your commands. What if you have someone who's really kinky? who you've captured as a like informant or whatever. And they're like, they're like, it's always going to be four. Uh, that's a really good question. I, I wonder if this would be an, an interesting experiment. Do BDSM people have a higher tolerance for torture than normal people? Because you have to remember, they usually have a safe word or something. They can guess, get out yeah. of it. They know it's a controlled situation. But if they couldn't get out of it, how long would they last? Longer than the average person or less? I, I actually think, think I actually think less. Oh, really? I bet less. Yeah, if it was just lights. They're I know. too accustomed to that environment, so it being actually traumatic and not play traumatic right. would be really triggering. Like if you like, instead of like light slapping, it was just like punches and you're bleeding. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, exactly. oh, no, I don't want to do it anymore. Oklahoma, and you're like, excuse me, that doesn't work. Is that the site of the next bombing? You tell us now. Where you go? Actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking wistfully into the distance because I'm thinking about, like, you know, if I was locked in a room with no cell phone and just, like, you know, a Homer bucket, it wouldn't be the worst thing. <laughs> I don't know. This is along the <laughs> lines be of the your, This is along the lines of your constant fantasy of wanting to move into a yurt, but you're just simply unprepared for situations. Like I this. know. Yeah, that's true. It's mm. yeah, it wouldn't do well. No, I, and I'm again. I'm not saying that I would do well either, but uh, mm. 
you know, if like, it was the right temperature, I'd be like, this is great. Honestly, someone commit me. Sounds soft. I mean, you should see if NYU is like running any paid experiments of like, what happens if we keep a human being in solitary confinement? Oh, put me in a. Let me have a float tank for 24 hours and see if I go absolutely out of my mind. I honestly wonder what would happen if you stayed in a flo- float tank for a really, really long time. I'm sure people have done this. Like, people that run those places or work there or that are super It'd be like going it. to space. When you got out, you would just be jelly. Yeah. Also, it's not going to be in that much but I mean, for that long. Definitely not. But that happens when you go on a boat, you know. You get off a boat and you have, like, sea legs. Or I guess you don't have your sea legs anymore. You attain your sea legs on the boat, but yes. when you get off, yeah, the stiffness of the ground is like hard to You're deal like, with. You're like, ooh, yeah. You're like overcompensating for steps. Yeah. I mean, you've you, have, you've seen that video of the astronaut guy who's like doing explanations and he keeps dropping stuff. No, I have never seen that. Why? Because he just got back from space and he doesn't have like he's like fucking reflex. Well, he's just like dropping stuff because he's used to stuff just flying away. Oh, oh, so he doesn't even think about it before dropping. Yeah, so he's got a pen in his hand and he like is like showing how something would work around a cup, and then he just drops the pen, and then instead of looking down, he looks up because he's like, "Where'd the pen go in my hand?" He's like, and then he's like, "Fucking gravity." Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess. There's people that have spent, like, over a year. I think there was a Russian guy that spent, like, four years on Mir or something like that. Did they forget about him? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, the Soviet Union fell when Mir was up there. Mm-hmm. And I think about that. Didn't some... somebody have to go up and get them? Um, I mean, it was I, at that point, it was already a joint U.S.-Russian mission. So they knew they weren't going to be stranded. But if you were anticipating supplies or... Uh, a You're crew like, change from the Soviet Union, yeah. and then you learn, like, probably on a delay, because it was slightly pre-internet days, like, that, uh, oopsie-daisy, my country don't know, exist no more. Like, that was probably pretty scary yeah. for those people. Yeah, they're like, how do we get down? You know, but the Americans probably came up there and let them go. But no, I think that, I think that they elected... Let them go? <laughs> they gravitied them into the <laughs> ether? Oh, my God. This is a news item. Did you hear about the fucking... The Russians... I have no idea if this is propaganda or not. I just read the headlines. I'll read the articles later. Was in the post. That should be the title of my fucking biography. I just didn't read the article. <laughs> I just read the headline. Um, the Russians apparently were testing an anti-satellite weapon of some kind, and they accidentally exploded a satellite really close to the International Space Station. So it sent all this debris flying in the flight path of the ISS, and they thought they were going to have to evacuate it, and that it might like eviscerate it. And it turns out the crisis was narrowly averted. Uh, but yeah, now the U.S. is mad at Russia for another reason, and they were like, "Yeah, we launched the missile, but we didn't mean to do that." How do you oopsie daisies that one? Uh, they, it's implied. This is why I don't know how propagandistic it is. It's implied in the U.S. press that they did this on purpose as a show of force. Oh, but I think seems like an oopsie. Probably just an oopsies. I don't think they'd want to do that. I don't know if there's Russians up there right now, but there's often Russians on the International Space Station. Why do Russians love space so much? Well, you know, they got there first. They did? Yeah, Yuri Gagarin. The first person in space was a Soviet. Is this one of your Ohio childhood friends with this these weird names you know what i had a friend with a really similar name that smoked cigarettes at the gas station oh named yuri i uh, named igor okay did he also work in a lab for a doctor named frank <laughs> uh no as far as i was concerned he worked in a lab that created only tracksuits and meth mm, no he was a stoner guy well, none of these are better options. No, mm, mm, that, mm, okay. But yeah, wait a minute. You didn't know that the first person in space was Russian? Here's the thing. Let me just tell you something about... Is this a thing regular people don't know? Absolutely not. Wow. I don't care about space. Who did you think it was? The guys on the moon. Really? You were, you were pretty sure... Those you were are the pretty first sure people. in your primitive cerebrum... That the moon was the first time anybody went to space. Well, I know there was no. I know the monkey steps. went around and then he didn't come back. Or yeah, the, that's or true. the dog. Laika. That's another. I knew Laika. That's another Russian. Oh. Yeah, we did monkeys. They did dogs. I think they. I think we both did both. But I think they both did both. Yeah. 
Um, but so you don't care about space. Space, not interesting. Oceans, here for it. Jacques Cousteau, me all day long. Oh, you're like a Steve Zissou stan. Excuse me? The I'm, West... not, I'm not living a life aquatic, thank you very okay. much. Jumpsuits, not for me. Gotta pee a lot. But you, what do you like about the ocean? Do you like deep ocean exploration? Like when James Cameron went down to the Marianas Trench? I like the, the trenches, yeah. That's pretty cool. You know, like, they find garbage down there now. I know. Garbage in the, the whale bones the, mm-hmm. when they just sink and it's gross. That's it's pretty own. cool. I love that. When you when there's those like time-lapse shots of marine bacteria and like fish and stuff just, just eating a whale. Just going to town. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Because like, you know, it's down here, but it's still endless because we don't know anything. You know, space, you're just like, I don't know. What's up there? I'm not trying to like go to Mars with Mr. Musk, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think space exploration is pretty cool. I genuinely have always been fascinated by it and enjoy it, but it is another level of challenge from anything terrestrial. No, ocean harder. So much pressure. Ocean on some level is harder, but there's also less gain, you know? Like, you're you're still on the Earth. You're, You're dealing with similar enough conditions. I'm trying to find out where Atlantis is and if I can just, like, jump on in there. Yeah, no, no such thing, probably. I uh, probably, but you know, let me you know figure out where Ocean Wakanda is, and let me just. So you want to be Namor? If yeah. you wanted to be a superhero, you'd be an Aquaman style person. Bitter and pissed that everyone's fucking it up upstairs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. But like, you are the Ocean Master. That's disgusting. <laughs> um, no, but well, if I read an article that was, I actually read the article. Thank you. Wow, this is a new one for the show. Somebody actually read a source. Also might have been, maybe, I don't think it was in a reputable source. It might have been Vox. Oh, okay. So, grains of salt. If, you know, if we ever went to Mars to, like, escape, you know, this, um, because there's no uh, shield, like, atmospheric shield for radiation, Yeah, people would start to, like, do some weird stuff with the DNA. So, people's skin might turn green yeah so it'd be the little green men thing yeah i was maybe a little shorter and like they couldn't like reproduce with like humans who got there so they'd have to like you know it's an interesting chicken or egg problem when you think about our common conception of the grays and what they look like um i've always been curious and have never been able to find like when did that cartoon conception of an alien when did that first enter human consciousness like was that a product of the 20th century or were there representations that alluded to that a long time before and it's it's hard to determine this actually and i wonder that because if it if that conception occurred around the same time that we started experimenting with traveling to space we knew enough about conditions up there to make assumptions about what an alien body would look like but if the same conception emerged prior to that technology it lends a lot of credibility to the idea that grays are a real thing because that's exactly what they would have to look like. Well, do you know that little in the CMA, there's that little Venus that looks alien like with the weird, like oval guitar pick head. Yes. That's from Turkey. I think that's from the Anatolian region. Mm. That's one of their oldest artifacts. It's one of the oldest things. Yeah. And I'm always just like all those like Venuses of that time kind of have that same kind of shape. It's very like maybe this whole like eternals myth, thing of like you know you get people plopped here and they're like giving you iron at certain points yeah the ancient aliens idea might be real uh it's aliens it's not impossible yeah i don't know i don't know like it's interesting talking about this in the present moment with all the ufo stuff that's been leaking and oh you know as, as as we've discussed in the past and everybody knows like you know the government more or less copying to the idea that yeah we don't know also the ships are so small well What's trendy right now is to say that, assuming it's not a PSYOP or uh, other governmental technology, assuming it is some sort of legitimate UFO, I think a lot more people that are in the know in this community today actually think that that's either a probe of some kind from a faraway civilization that is unmanned, okay, or it is something we don't understand meaning that it is extra dimensional it could be future humans uh because w- who's to assume that a 
that a technologically advanced civilization thousands of years beyond us wouldn't have a better understanding of universal mechanics than we would have. Also, they if- wouldn't necessarily travel through space and time. They might travel by other means that look to us a certain way through our limited view. It's the ants next to the highway problem. Also, if here's the thing, like consumer grade drones look a certain way. Imagine if you have a military like in the 80s and the 90s. Like they might just look like that. What it wait, what are you saying? So like we have we have drones, right? Yeah. The little like here use your joysticks and fly through the air and take camera shots of uh are fireworks. You, are you trying to say that like a a more advanced civilization would have drones that looked and moved like the UFOs were experiencing now? No, I mean like Governments would have drones that look like what we have now, but in the 70s and the 80s, so they just look like discs, so that way, because oh, things I are going so, like, you know, like, yeah. it's just poor design, but it's just government stuff. Taking, trying to take pictures. Maybe, maybe. I mean, what I think is unlikely about that is, like, the government does have drones. They're called predators, and they bomb people. Yeah, like, the but, type yeah. of drone technology developed by the government never looked like a commercial drone. Eh, there was no reason know. for it to. They look a lot more like airplanes. Again, you don't know. You, you don't know that for sure, but, like, I mean, you can suss that out. Like the, the, what the is techno- this podcast right now? <laughs> the, technology, <laughs> the technology of a U-2 to an SR-71 to a Predator drone is a pretty, like, clearly linked trajectory. When did the sunglasses come into play? You said you too. Mm. Yeah. I thought that was Hello, hello. I mean, that got plugged into my <laughs> phone without me asking for it, so I don't know. <sighs> Please call me a UFO. UFO. I'm a flying machine that you didn't know. Why do you know the entire like arc of the chorus <laughs> of uh, that one? Oh, that was in the Apple ads. Yeah, that's right, the iPod ads. Right. Okay. Anyway, I've clearly upset you because we started having a Joe Rogan episode. And yeah, I was, I was not. I was not. And then it, you were in it for a second, and now you're out of it. I so. am fully out of it. I, I was like, no, what's going on? <laughs> nope, absolutely not. No, no, no. What are we going to do? talk about ayahuasca? I'd rather die. Oh, you see how much fun this could be? Ugh, just, ugh. No, I hate myself. What else is new, though? Whatever, it's fine. All right, sayonara. Wait, is is that an hour? Well over, yeah. I don't know time. I don't know space and I don't know time. Are you one of these extra-dimensional beings that's visiting us? The way you act, sometimes I wonder. <laughs> well, you know. I was put here from a place far, far away to keep watch over things, and I have swirly gold things. I'm 10,000 years old. I don't fucking know. I didn't watch that movie. I don't even know what you're talking about or trying to reference. Is this? Are you talking about Dune? Eternals. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't watch it either. Nobody oh. did. <laughs> I mean, I watched the trailer. That's it. I got that far. Okay, I'm going to turn this off and cut this off when the episode was it had a good ending. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do me that favor. Right, Thank you so bye. much. <laughs>